glad that you're here today. Very thankful for your presence. If you're visiting, as always, please come back. We'd love to have you. If you're looking for a church home, we certainly want you to consider the work here. We would be thrilled to have you come and be a part of our church family. We are looking today at Philippians chapter 1. I want to invite you to look with me at Philippians chapter 1, the passage that Jordan read a moment ago, Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. We're going to be talking today about the theme, We Need Jesus in Life. Imagine if you can, spending time with the Apostle Paul. When Paul wrote the book of Philippians, as you well know, this is one of four prison epistles. Paul speaks of his chains in the Lord. He has been chained to a Roman guard. And let's just try to imagine we are a Roman guard. They rotated those guards every four to six hours on a daily basis. That gave the Apostle Paul the opportunity to spend time with probably four different people every 24-hour period of time. What do you imagine he talked about? What do you think the Apostle Paul shared with those Roman guards? I really believe that Paul probably did some of his best work behind bars. You remember when he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul said that he suffered trouble even as an evildoer, to the point of chains. But then he said, but the Word of God is not chained. I can only imagine the number of people that Paul had the privilege and opportunity to share the gospel with. And so, think for a minute or two about sitting in a Roman prison cell, and you're chained to the great Apostle Paul. For the next four to six hours, Jesus is, Jesus is going to be talked about. And the person who is going to be sharing the gospel with you is none other than the Apostle Paul. So what would he talk about? I think he would begin by saying, let me tell you something. Above any and everything in this life, you need Jesus. And let me just give you some reasons why I believe you need Jesus in your life. I think it's possible that Paul could begin by saying, you need Jesus in your life because of the great blessings. We today need Jesus because of the great blessings He offers us in this life. I think from the vantage point of the Apostle Paul, he would probably begin to talk about his gratitude to the Lord. Paul understood that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for sin. No doubt he would talk about the death of Jesus. You remember when he wrote to the saints in Rome, he said, God commends our own love, His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And note if you would, He uses the plural, us. 
The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, Paul, of course, writing here, talking about Jesus Christ, the one who emptied himself, and he took upon himself the form of a servant. He was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. As Paul said, yes, even the death of the cross. The passage that Tyler read a moment ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul said, you've heard of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He were rich, yet for our sakes He became poor, that we through His poverty might be made rich. In chapter 9, verse 15, same book. Paul said, thanks be to God for His indescribable, His unspeakable, His inexpressible gift. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Did Paul know something about the death of Jesus? Yes, he did. The Hebrew writer said in chapter 2, verse 9, Jesus tasted death for every man. Paul realized that. And then Paul also understood something about the deliverance that comes only through the Lord. When he wrote to the saints in Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul said that Jesus gave Himself for us, that He might deliver us from this present evil world or age. In writing to the church at Colossae, Paul said that it's through Jesus that we have been delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Do you think the Apostle Paul was grateful for the Lord? And all the many blessings in his life because of the death of Jesus? Yes, the deliverance that came only through Jesus, absolutely. And then I think about the generosity of the Lord. Let me tell you what, if anybody knew something about the generosity of the Lord, it was Paul. Paul knew something about the blessings associated with forgiveness or pardon from sin. Think about when Paul recounted his conversion to Christ in Acts chapter 22. He said, Ananias instructed him to arise and be baptized. And he said, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Didn't Paul write to Timothy in the long ago? And didn't he say that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief? I can only imagine sitting with Paul and hearing Paul talk about Jesus and the gratitude reflected in his speech, in his actions, and then sharing the generosity of the Lord and the fact that Paul is saying to this Roman prisoner, or rather this Roman guard, do you understand that Jesus is willing to forgive any and all sin? I can just hear that guard saying, Paul, you don't understand my life. You don't realize I've been hateful, that I've hated other people, that I've been mean and vindictive. I've done things that have been wrong, that have soiled my life. I can just hear Paul saying, me too. He understood something about pardon. Do you think Paul knew something also about the peace of God? 
Didn't he write to the church at Rome in Romans chapter 5 and say, those of us who have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When he wrote to the church at Philippi, didn't he talk about the peace that passes all understanding? Do you not think that Paul could say to that Roman prison guard, I sleep well at night because I am at peace with God and I have the peace of God in my life. Do we need Jesus? Yes. Why do we need Jesus in this life? Because of the great blessings. I think there's a second reason why Paul would say we need Jesus in life. That is because of the burdens that we face in this life. Do you think Paul knew something about the burdens and trials and tribulations, the difficulties of life? I think probably better than anyone, Paul could talk about the various burdens of life and he could do so from the chair of experience. You know, sometimes it's good to talk to people that have been through the meal, isn't it? To talk to somebody who is, as we say, the voice of experience. They've been there. They know what we're talking about. They have hurt as we're hurting. They have wept as we weep today. They have been upside down with the various burdens and trials and difficulties of life. They know what we're going through. Paul knew something about the certainty of trials in this life. Job wrote many years ago, and Paul was very familiar with the book of Job. And I am well aware of the fact that Job wrote, man born of woman, is a few days and full of trouble. If you are here today, and you have not experienced any trial, any trouble, any heartache or sorrow in your life, I'd like to meet you. I'd like to shake your hand. Because the people that I know in this world, they face a lot of difficulties. They understand the heartaches of life. You know, James wrote in James chapter 1, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. There are people that have so many problems in life. Is it possible that this Roman prison guard, could he have had family problems? Could he have been dealing with problems at home? Could he have had rebellious children? Could he have had an irresponsible wife? Could he have had a mate that didn't love him or care about him, was unfaithful to him? Did he have friends that had stabbed him in the back? Had he had economic reversals in his life? I don't know what kind of problems he had. Did he have health problems? But let me tell you what, Paul knew something about problems and trials and tribulations in life. Do you remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he talked about all of his adversities that he faced in Christ Jesus. 
He had had 195 stripes laid upon his back. Three times he said he'd been stoned. A night and a day he said he had spent on the open sea. Talked about the many perils that he faced within and without the body of Christ. He spoke of the great anxiety that he felt for the church. In chapter 12, he talked about that thorn in the flesh. And Paul said, look, I besought the Lord three times. I pleaded with the Lord that it would depart from me. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you. Paul could have empathized with this man, don't you think? Is it not the case that he could have sympathized with this jailer? Paul knew something about the certainty of trials and the complexity of trials. It might be that you're here today and you're going through any number of things in your life. And maybe you're bearing those things on your own. It might be that you're shouldering the problems that you have in your life. Nobody else knows about them, but you do. The Lord knows about them. And maybe you don't have the Lord in your life. That's why you need Him. You need someone to help you shoulder the adversities and the trials of life. And so I think about Paul could talk about the various trials of life, but then let me tell you what, Paul could also talk about his victory over the trials of life. Paul could speak to this man of the trials that he had encountered in life. He could talk about, first and foremost, the presence of God in his life. Over in chapter 4, verse 5, Paul would say, The Lord is at hand. Paul's in prison. He's got a Roman guard at his side. He's talking to this man, and it might be the case that if we put ourselves in this man's place, he's talking to us. He's saying, look, I understand what you're going through. I've been there. I have hurt. I have wept. I have faced some of the most difficult things that you could ever imagine in life. Ah, but you need to know something. I've got the Lord's presence in my life. The Hebrew writer said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Do you think the Apostle Paul claimed the Lord as his helper? Do you remember when he wrote some six years later? He's writing to Timothy. He understands that, that look, the end is near. And he said, at my first defense, possibly talking there about some preliminary trial, he said, all men forsook me. No man stood with me. But he said, Timothy, the Lord stood with me. And the Lord strengthened me. And by the way, didn't Paul write in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Could he not talk about the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord. And then what about prayer? Could Paul not have shared with that Roman prisoner and said, let me tell you what. I stand today victorious over the trials of life because I have 
as an arsenal in my Christian defense the privilege and the power of prayer. Paul said, In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge, shall guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Paul is saying here, it is as if I have a guard of soldiers standing around my heart, guarding me. Did Paul know something about prayer? Yes, he did. And Paul could say, let me tell you what. There have been some times in my life when I faced a lot of difficulty, some harrowing experiences, to the point of death. But I have always been privileged to call upon God. Paul speaks of his prayers for the church at Philippi. Do you remember when Paul and Silas were in a Philippian jail? Acts chapter 16. They had been beaten. They had been fastened in stocks. And what were they doing at midnight? Do you remember? They were praying and singing praises unto God. Does that not say something about his faith? Does that not say something about why people need Jesus in life? And by the way, didn't the Lord, didn't the Lord as a result of that event in Acts chapter 16, didn't He use it for His glory in the conversion of the Philippian jailer and his family members? Do you think the events on that occasion made an impression on that man? I think they did. We need Jesus in life. We need Him because of the blessings He offers in life. Listen, we need Him because of the burdens of life. And then thirdly, we need Him because of the brevity of life. The brevity of life. Paul knew something about the duration of life. He knew something about the brevity of life. You see, when we talk about the brevity of life, First and foremost, the thing that comes to my mind is the fact that we are taking a tour on earth. Many of you, like myself, have probably, in times past, had the opportunity to attend a concert. It might be that your favorite musician, your favorite group, has been on tour. There's a starting date, there's an ending date. And while they're on tour, you want to be there front and center. You want to hear them. You want to see them. You want to enjoy the moment. That's the way life is. We're just taking a tour, aren't we? Do you remember when, do you remember when Jacob stood before Pharaoh? Moses records that back in Genesis chapter 47. Jacob said to Pharaoh, the days of the years of my pilgrimage or sojourning have been 130 years. When he used the word pilgrimage or sojourning, really what he's saying to us is, we're just taking a tour here on planet earth. We're just passing through. So you think about our tour on earth and then our time on earth. The psalmist said in Psalm 89, remember how short my time is. Time will get away from you. 
David said, I was young and now I'm old. Paul knew something about the brevity of life. Paul would write six years later to Timothy, as I said a moment ago, and Paul would say, the time of my departure is at hand. Let me tell you what, whether we like it or not, unless Jesus comes, the time will come for our departure. We will spread our wings and leave this world for realms unseen. Are you ready for that? James compares life to a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Job said, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. The psalmist said we might live to be 70 or 80 years of age. He said our life consists of strength, sorrow, and labor. But he said it's soon cut off and what do we do? We fly away. So he said, here's what you need to do. He said, teach us to number our days. Why? That we might apply our hearts to wisdom. The brevity of life. Here today, gone tomorrow. And so in light of that, Paul could have said to that Roman guard, for to me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Paul could say, listen, you need to understand something. While I'm here on earth, it's all about serving the Lord. But there's coming a time when I'm going to depart and be with Christ. And he said, that is far better. Paul recognized his name was in the Lamb's book of life. He wrote about that in Philippians chapter 4. He knew his name was registered in heaven. Is your name recorded in the Lamb's book of life? Not only could he talk about the duration of life, but he could have talked a little bit about the destiny that ultimately will be realized by all of us after this life. And Paul could have said, you need to understand something. Because of my relationship to the Lord, because I have enjoyed pardon from sin, because I have peace with God, I have the promises of God that I am living in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. Paul could have reminded or said to this man, as he said to the church at Corinth some years earlier, for we know that if this earthly house, this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands. Paul was looking forward to that home in heaven. And Paul could say to that Roman guard, let me tell you what, there is a place called heaven. It's a lot better than where we are today. The flip side of that is, he could say, if you continue your course in life, you continue living as you are today, living in sin, living for yourself, living in the muck and mire of an unrighteous life, you need to understand something. There's coming a day when the Lord Jesus Christ will be revealed from heaven. He'll come with the angels of His power. He will render vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he could say, look, you need to understand the wages of sin is death. You don't want that. You don't want to go to hell. You want to go to heaven. We need Jesus in life, don't we? You know, we need Him in life, yes, but ultimately when it's all said and done, we need Him because 
we're not here forever. There will be an afterlife. I can just imagine Paul saying, if you could only understand the great blessings that God has before all of us in this beautiful place called heaven. Today I want you to know you need Jesus in your life. If He's not in your life, you need Him. You need Him because of the blessings He provides. You need Him because of the burdens that, that, you, that come your way every day. You need Him because of the brevity of this existence. Because you see, there's coming a day when we're going we're gonna to leave this world. We're going to be out on the plains of eternity. And ultimately, we want to be with the Lord, don't we? So let's just say you're here today and you're not a Christian. And you want to enjoy the blessings of living for the Lord day in and day out. What would you need to do? Believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. To repent of your sins as Peter instructed on Pentecost Day. In other words, to give up that old way of life. To walk away from a life of sin. To confess the name of Christ and then to be buried with Him in water. So that you might contact the blood of Christ and enjoy forgiveness. If you're here today, you're not faithful to His cause, you need His cleansing power in your life once again. Won't you come as we stand and sing?